This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill. Top interviews you can't afford to miss. I'm Philip C. and this is the Breakfast Grill. Our guest today helms a business that connects two thirds of Malaysians on a daily basis. In the studio with me is Atul Idam Nawawi, CEO of Salcom DG, as we have a discussion on how the newly merged business of Salcom and DG has performed to become Malaysia's largest mobile network operator. Good morning, Dato. Keeping well? Yeah, good morning, Philip. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Yeah, things are good. Now, 10 months into the completion of the Salcom DG merger, what have been the most difficult elements of the merger? Oh, Philip, uh, yes, uh, 10 months just kind of fly. Uh, we've gone, things are moving so fast. Uh, we completed our merger in, on December 1st, 2022, and our operational day one was January 3rd. So we, we used the, the, the month to prepare. From day one, uh, we focus a lot on making sure that the organization, the people, and all that operating as one company. Uh, there are a few big things that we focus on, but one thing that I really personally focus on very much is on the people and the organization mm. and the culture of, of, the, comp- of the new company. Uh, it's very important that I always relay the message to everyone that post-merger is not just about a larger DG or a larger Cellcom coming together, but we're building a brand new company with a brand new culture uh, that we want to make sure that we serve all Malaysians. Um, so that's what we did. It's what we focus, having the right management team, the best of the best from the two, two management team. We identified the top 500 leaders within the, the first 90 days yep. of, of the company coming together. Right. I think culture is such an important element. It's an mm. intangible element. It is, you know, from an outsider standpoint, you tend to look and have a view that both are very distinct cultures. Mm. You know? What were the distinct cultural elements you saw and what are the things that bound them together? Okay, uh, very good question. This is this is what also the things that concerns us the most as we come into the merger. Um, but I must say this because I was leading Salcom for almost four years before the merger. We have gone through some uh, massive transformation as a company. Uh, as such, that the difference in terms of, in terms of uh, culture, really we reduce the gap. We're very digital. We're very customer focused. We a lot leaner than than we were before. Uh, so I think that's when coming together. So there was really some convergence. There is some, some the convergence of the of the culture coming in. So and also what's important for us is we put the best people into putting this merger together. The the project was called Kinabalu because it's the highest peak of uh, in, in the country. The Kinabalu integration team, uh, the top 150 people from from the two companies coming together and envision the right culture. So the culture. Translated down into how the company is organized, how the people are organized, how do we find the leaders, the future leaders, uh, how do we work uh, er- every day, uh, how do we use the different two different offices, uh, so on and so forth. I think what's very interesting when you talk about Kinabalu as a project, hiking Mount Kinabalu in the past, it's always the last mile that is the most challenging yeah. part when we lose oxygen, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you have the plans, you kind of do all the initiatives, but you have to dot the I's and cross the T's, isn't it? So that always is the challenge, right? We make the promises, but delivery is key. Yes. So Alban and I has been uh, this morning competitor, evening have to figure out how to do for 17 months. So the last part is putting the people together. And then the moment, uh, for example, when the actual people shift from one office to another and and vice versa, then things coming up uh, that that we need to address and we we addressed it very, very, very fast. I I think that's one. But the other parts of the merger... uh, 
uh, once we think uh, beyond the culture, then we talk about a real integration of the network. The tangible elements. The tangible right? elements. The 8 the billion w- cost synergies that exactly. we promised. Yeah, so the, the 8 billion synergies that we promised the, the investors, a majority of it will come from the network. Yeah. And the, the, the convergence of the two network. Yeah. Uh, of course, when the network converge, we are bringing a better service quality, a higher quality network, wider coverage to our uh, customers. Uh, you just imagine, uh, before this, uh, Cellcom served its customers using 12, about 12,000 network sites. Yeah? And DG the same, and at the 12,000 network sites. Now with a converged and integrated network, all our customers will be served within 18,000 sites. Mm. Yeah? And, and this is a lot more denser, a lot more modern uh, technology is being put in into this network. And it's a lot more energy efficient. I think that's, that's one thing that we focus on as well. When you say this 8 billion cost synergies, I mean 5.5 billion of that cost synergies is driven from the consoli- this mm. consolidation, mm. this restructuring of the sites. Give us a sense of the progress, right? Because the goal was to decommission about 7,000 sites mm. uh, and build 2,000 new ones. Uh, where are we in terms of progress okay. of decommissioning? Uh, very good. Uh, this, this is the core. There's a lot of focus that, that we put on this. I personally chair the meeting every two mm. weeks on this, making sure that we're progressing well. Um, we target about, about 30, 40, 30. 30% of the sites will be consolidated this year, 40% next year, and 30% uh, in the final year. With this. So within the three years, we'll complete the whole uh, 24,000 sites to be consolidated. Uh, and uh, so far, we actually have done almost 3,000 sites, slightly ahead of time, uh, ahead of target for what we wanted to achieve uh, for 2023. So this is where we are putting a lot of focus. The faster that we integrate, the faster we decommission some of these sites, the greater will be the, the savings that we will get from the network consolidation. So we are slightly ahead of target. We intend to bring some of the uh, integration a bit forward even so that I can realize the synergy earlier. But that's only one part of the synergy. There are other big parts in the company that's happening at the same time. There's IT integration. We have two mm. different IT domains that needs to come together without any interruption to our customers, right? And then we have the product and services. Then we have the retail shops, retail outlets. We have now uh, one of the largest in terms of retail distribution. We have more than 500 our own branded stores that will be refurbished, that will be looked at with a new, new brand, right? How we serve our customers differently, our customers uh, better. And of course, we have another 14,000 retail shops that, that's serving our customers as well. And is the goal to synergize to one brand that doesn't have Cellcom or DG in the mix, like one more generic brand? Because now at the moment, it's just an amalgamation of two brands at the moment. Do you think it's right and better moving forward that we just synergize to a simpler brand that doesn't have the history of both brands? There's pros and cons to both. Uh, if you look at it, both Cellcom and DG were very strong consumer brands. They were one of the most valuable, two of the most valuable brands in, in the country. And to migrate that into a new, a new single brand, that's something that we, we are working on. Uh, the Is detail that a timeline. Yeah, the detail this? of it, we probably won't be able to discuss uh, how there and is when. There are plans to do something There, there are plans on how some of this will come a bit, uh, so that it will be a lot clearer also and makes right. more sense on the value that we're bringing to our customers with, with uh, from the new company. So that's, that is happening and that will be reflected in our retail outlets, reflected in, in our mobile devices, reflected in our app and so on and so forth. But that you see as, as it comes. Yeah, mm. And I think core to this merger, as you said, really is the network integration. We mm. tend to 
focus a lot on the cost synergies that you can rationalize it. Perhaps I like to focus on the revenue side, right? Mm. Opportunities that come with a more robust, deeper network in, that's integrated across the board. I take note of the announcement with Yinsen, where now with this network structure, you are able to not only use it as a platform for uh, mobile connectivity, but also as a platform for energy charging, right? So give us a sense about how you have to restructure your network to be able to diversify your revenue streams. Okay, very interesting question. Uh, let me share what I can share. Um, you see, when we integrate the two networks, we will end up with a wider network or with a wider yes. coverage from a today estimated 96% population coverage to 98% population coverage, which a much better performance, throughput, speed, download, etc. So that enables uh, any other industries who need connectivity to go even wider. And we are very excited about this. And we also at the edge of uh, beginning of moving to the 5G, which enabled this to become even more, uh, I would say, even more exciting. So the initiatives that we're doing with Yinsen, for example, how together we can actually help to expedite uh, or accelerate the adoption of EV in, in Malaysia. Uh, with the changes that's happening in the automotive industry, they are going through a massive transformation. Connectivity becomes core. It's almost like the lifeblood or the oxygen that you breathe. Everything that you do in that vehicle needs to be connected. The batteries are so connected. So yeah. imagine everything else, the speedometer, everything is connected. So uh, that's where we, we come in, having uh, the widest network coverage in 4G and the best performance that help this to, to enable because then the vehicle can be anywhere in the country without a limitation of, of coverage. And when the 5G comes in, then you talk about all this multitude of sensors that's around in the single vehicle and the multiple vehicles around it, then we're able to manage this kind of uh, communications. So this opens up a new opportunity for us so where the industries and the SMEs transform themselves and use the connectivity and beyond connectivity differently. I mean, you, you articulate the mm. opportunity mm. incredibly well. Mm. The question here is, if I break down right your revenue streams, mm. how much do you expect these opportunities to contribute to the top line in, okay. in three years, five years time? Right? Are we talking in small single-digit percentages or like even one-third of the business? Okay. So if you look at it, uh, today, I must admit, our business predominantly is a mobile consumer business. Yeah. Uh, we do have enterprise business. We do see a, a growth coming up in our enterprise business, also in our fiber business. Uh, our enterprise business is still relatively, comparatively, not a big part of the business, but it's more than 10% of the business today. And it's small, but it's over a billion ringgit in terms of, in terms of business. And, and we do foresee uh, with the advancement of the solutions, the type of solutions that, that will be demanded by the industries, that we should be able to grow this from a low teens, that where mm -hmm. we are today, to the high teens, or maybe even in the in the low 20s in the next three to five years. We do see the the migration of company, the adoption of 5G and the, the, the solution that's required by the industry to adopt uh, the network advancement, yeah. 5G, artificial intelligence, uh, cloudification, so on and so forth, will bring out this revenue opportunity for us. In the past uh, two years, we acquired a couple of companies. We invested in two companies. One is uh, Infront Consulting and, and BridgeNet, two companies that experts in cloudification, how to help SMEs to move into uh, cloud platforms, and a company that's experts in the cybersecurity because these are the two uh, components that's critical when they want to move up the value chain. You articulate the shift to diversify from consumer to enterprise. That's one pillar, right? Your, mm. your customer structure 
piece. But it's also the product offering that's also interesting, right? How you break it down. They need to move away from mobile to these other solutions. Mm. And just focusing on the instant partnership, what's the business model like? Is it a service fee concept, revenue share or profit share? Um, some of those details, we, we, we will not be able to, to share. Mm. But what's important for us at this point in time is a win-win to both. Because Yinsun is not a stranger to us. Yinsun has been our customers uh, that use our connectivity services before, our enterprise services before. Uh, this opportunity come about when they want to grow in certain area and we also wanted to grow in certain area. Then we come together and say, okay, let's work on this together. Beyond just uh, leveraging on the networks, which is core to what they want to do, uh, but also we have other assets that could complement what they want to do. For example, our retail outlets our, that can be used, we have like as you mentioned, two-thirds of Malaysian on our network and with a daily relationship that we have with them, mm. how to educate, how to promote it to them. Uh, of course, in the future, we move into other kind of uh, relationship, including how we can help them even build these customers, Yeah, how to make it easier for our customers to adopt into, into EV. On The Breakfast Grill, I'm speaking to Tato Idam Nawawi, CEO of Cellcom DG. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill. Top interviews you can't afford to miss. Welcome back on The Breakfast Grill with me is Dato Idam Nawawi, CEO of Cellcom DG. And just early on, we had the conversation about the synergies that were going to be generated from this merged entity of Cellcom DG. And now, Dato, let's turn our attention a bit to 5G because that's been a lightning rod. So much discussion mm. about the drama development, right, with DNNB and then with this potential second network. I want to get your perspective, right? Where do you see the opportunities in 5G? Because that seems to be the fundamental concern about the vibe and feasibility of 5G here. Everybody says, look, no one's taking up. You have 80% coverage. But if we just saw from our Ministry of Communications data, only 4% of users have utilized 5G. So the hit scratcher here is, where is the opportunity? Okay. This is a topic that has taken the nation uh, in a way, uh, I wouldn't use by storm, but everybody was interested for the reason that it was. But I think uh, there are two parts to this. One is the infrastructure part that's being that's being built and, and deployed and I think the, the shift in the strategy or the direction that the, the government has announced that will take place and I think that will be kind of landed as a country into a better place where we have a bit more redundancy and we can innovate with a bit more competition in the infrastructure level as well. But I think where the 5G really need to comes in, it's not just about new services for the consumer. It's not just about having a much more efficient network to carry the data for the consumer. But there are new things that, that actually that can bring into excitement into how the network enables new kind of services. And we have seen some of this happening in other countries. Uh, in Korea, for example, one of the most innovative in terms of introducing new services uh, uh, for consumers on 5G, which I have seen uh, myself even in the beginning three to four years ago. They totally transformed how sports is being consumed, uh, sp- sports content, uh, entertainment content, uh, education content, and so on and so forth. But more interestingly, if you look at, uh, for example, in countries like China, 5G is changing the way the business is being done, being the industries is being done. 5G is changing how ports is being, uh, for example, uh, being operated, uh, how transportation is being operated. I spoke earlier about how, how the automotive industry is, is using all, all kinds of sensors, right? Um, so I think the adoption of 5G into the industries, especially the SMEs, is, will be a lot more impactful to the economy than what it could be done in, with the current technology that we have. 
have. Uh, and a lot more education needs to be done. A lot more awareness needs to be done. Yeah, so I mean, I get the logic about the whole benefits of mm. it. I'm quite keen to understand how it particularly impacts Cellcom DG's PNL. Mm. Uh, you talked earlier on about this whole push for enterprise, right? Mm. That's one of your biggest levers, right, to diversify away from consumer mobile. But really, when you adopt it, it's really just to keep up to speed with everybody else, right, who is also rushing to adopt 5G. How do you, in Cellcom DG, view 5G as a differentiator from all the other mobile operators yeah. and providers? Very, very uh, good question, uh, Philip. Uh, the thing is, we, we, the, today, uh, our key differentiator is our network. We are able to do a wider, better, faster, more modern network to our customers. Uh, 5G with uh, with uh, less differentiation on the network, but with the dual network, we should be able to differentiate and bring the latest technology through the network itself. But what's more important is what kind of solutions that we can bring to our customers, what kind of content that we bring to our customers to create this differentiation, to create this, this potential new revenue source for Cellcom DG, uh, which is different than just connectivity. Okay, yeah. I, I look forward to a day where I'll be selling you two tickets for the FIFA World Cup final, uh, as if you were sitting in the front row of that, or, or uh, two tickets to the Blackpink concert that's happening in Seoul. Uh, the different kind of uh, services being sold can be sold to our uh, that our customers can enjoy. Then the solution to the SMEs: how do we help them to uplift their their, their value chain or their supply chain or their operation to be more automated using the technology that we offer? So your vision is that with this ability, right, you're not just going to be the connect, but fundamentally you're going to off get some revenue from the commissions from basically offering all these other services. Yeah. So fundamentally, when we talk about the top line, really the core is to grow the broadband business. But the broadband business revenue isn't primarily through just a subscription fee model. Mm-hmm. So the broadband business, the connectivity will remain core to our business. Okay, yeah. Even the connectivity has changed, uh, will continue to change, will continue to evolve. Yeah? It will, instead of connecting just people or people to content, we will be connecting machines to machines, etc. Mm-hmm. So And the sensors and all that. So connectivity will remain core. Then what comes on top of that, uh, that's the value add. That's a new source of revenue. That's when it's not going to be just a monthly subscription. That will be a different kind of revenue altogether closer to technology company or even an ICT company but we'll be very focused we're not here to become the next uh, PC dealer when it comes to ICT or not but we're very focused on you're going to set up a super app (laughs) no more super apps well there is well there is enough super app but also think about it we have uh, two thirds of Malaysian that uses our services that interact with us every day Uh, there's an opportunity there but perhaps I wouldn't be able to talk about it uh, at any great length at this point in time but uh, going back to the, to the uh, connectivity and the new services and the new things that we're, we're doing, it's all at this point in time when we talk about solutions, for example, enterprise solutions, it evolves around 5G. It evolves about what does it take for any enterprise, any yeah. SMEs to go into 5G and use the network. Solutions, cybersecurity, cloudification, artificial intelligence, and so on and so forth. Your parent company is Axiata and they have their fingers on many pies. Mm. The opportunities are endless. I mean, we talk about the company upcoming digital bank with Boost, RHB and E.co, right? I'm sure that you have an entry of all these opportunities to think about what are your guiding principles to determine, okay, which are the ones that you would prioritize and pursue? What are the things in your in your entry that you're saying, okay, this is high priority? 
Okay. You know, we always say that this merger is not just a merger of two companies. It's a merger of four companies, which is Salcom, DG, Axiata, and Telenor. Mm-hmm. Axiata and Telenor are two principals. Uh, one is the one of the largest in the world. Axiata is one of the largest in the country and in the, in, in the region. So, and the synergy and the value that both principles bring to the table is enormous. Uh, you see what Axiata has, as you mentioned, from the digital bank to tower company, which we have been incorporating incorpor- for, for a long time. We are uh, the biggest uh, tenant of uh, Idoko, for example, and then, of course, uh, the digital services from, from Axiata. And similar with Telenor, DG has been getting the value from the synergy that Telenor brings. And now, as Cellcom, you have access to both. Some of the best technology from Europe that we're bringing in, in terms of solutions, and some of the best partnerships that you're going to, you're going to see, we say, uh, between Cellcom, DG, and the Axiata group. Uh, this will come, but maybe uh, not at this point in time. I think that's where you just have to pick and choose the right ones, the ones that deliver the ROI, mm. the ones that really justify the huge capex spend that you've committed to deliver the ROI. Yeah. Of, of course, all this is, uh, yes, the business case, uh, what makes sense, uh, arm's length, uh, we practice all that, uh, even though we are within the same group, but each of those uh, principals owns about one third of the company. Uh, but we are also very conscious about our minority shareholders uh, and whatever decision that we make in partnership with any of these companies, being part of the group, outside of the group, uh, we have to look at the whole economics of it. And we started this conversation earlier on 5G, and presumably 5G is an enabler for all sorts of innovations and solutions that come through. Mm. Of course, top of mind is AI. Everybody mm. is talking about AI at the moment. In your estimation, when you look at the opportunities that stand with AI, right, where do you see it particularly hit the PNL for Cellcom DG? Do you see it more on the top line, or do you see it more on the bottom line where you mm. actually drive efficiencies and cost savings? It's, uh, it's both. But proportionally, yeah. so, where do you see well, that? It's both, I would, I would say. And AI is also new to, to, to most people. But one of the things that, that excite me the most from this merger is that we committed ourselves to build uh, one of the world-class innovation centers. Uh, when we say innovation center here, we're not talking about one room or floor with exhibitions, mm-hmm. but innovation company that, that uh, works with international and global technology partners uh, to bring the innovation into Malaysia, something that's not available today or for the future, or for potentially future revenue source for for Cellcom DG and the partnership with Yinsen one, one of the outcome of this uh, the first outcome from this uh, innovation centre and you in the coming weeks you you hear a few more of this innovation coming in but what what's interesting that comes out from this is that the merger Cellcom uh, DG now create a company of a, a sizable importance that yeah, scale. It, uh, the scale that attracts yeah. the attention of international partners uh, when they are scanning the region for example and looking for a country to invest in, looking for uh, when they want to expand into this market, then they can look at, when they look at Malaysia, they see potentially there's new company that can help them expand, that it's good to become a partner. And we've seen that coming with the kind of interest that we're getting from the international technology partners. We, we spoke about investing about $250 million into building this innovation company. We are now starting the process. And this is definitely one of the most exciting things that I think as a result of the merger, besides the big synergy, merger synergy and so on and so forth, 
forth. But to me personally, could elevate the innovation image of the company, the country, and also becomes the right. attraction for global companies to come in. And as we edge into quarter four, I mean, businesses are all beginning to plan for 2024. I'm quite keen to get into your head uh, as a CEO of one of the largest companies here, right? What are your priorities next year? Is it revenue generation or cost savings? Because there's so much concern about economic weakness, economic softness for next year. What are your, what's in your mind share, right, in terms of the business going forward? Is it more top line, getting more opportunities executed? Or are you actually focused on doubling down and just also making sure we deliver the cost synergies and cost savings. Yeah. Um, of course, from coming on out from the merger, focusing on the synergy is priority number one. Yeah, I think that's what we promised to to our uh, stakeholders. Um, but to achieve that synergy, you probably have to work on both sides, both on the top line and also working very hard on the bottom line. Um, the synergy uh, or the merger offers opportunity for scale when we can help to reduce costs, reduce wastages, and, and be more efficient in how we do things. So there's a big opportunity in that, and we spend a lot of time on making sure that we achieve those ambitions. But we can't run away from having some growing into into the market, right? Uh, of course, our core business, and today with the current level of penetration, if you see the level of ARPU, uh, this is the only industry that's actually uh, not contributing to the inflation, right? So we're saying <laughs> that the, the, the pricing level remains the same as stagnant. it remains stagnant yeah. and remains very, it remains affordable if you compare to other countries yes. in, in the region. Um, uh, but there should be new sources of where we can provide better services for our customers, new services for our customers that we can see new growth. Uh, I'm, we spoke earlier about potentially what new opportunities that 5G will bring. Uh, it's not about charging more for connectivity, but new things that 5G enables. Then we're talking about how um, uh, the new solutions for 5G for the industries, SMEs and enterprises. I think this is where the growth area is going to be. Yeah, so that's, that's what we will be focusing on. Looking forward to see where all these developments progress in 2024. On The Breakfast Grill, I have with me Dato Idam Nawawi, CEO of Cellcom DG. I'm Philip C, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill. Top interviews you can't afford to miss. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.